Paratooth Radio is a proud member of Evergreen Podcasts on KillerPodcast.com. Hey, Paratruthers. This week's episode is brought to you by our patrons over on Patreon.com forward slash Paratruth. With their help, we are continuing to bring amazing new content to our listeners every week. So if you feel the urge to donate, head on over to Patreon.com forward slash Paratruth, where you can just donate only a dollar and get some amazing rewards for your donation. Go check it out. Christian and non-Christian paranormal investigators. They have two different views. And it seems as if neither of them can ever agree on anything. So what happens when a mainstream view of the paranormal crosses paths with the Christian view? What's up, Paratruthers? Welcome to a brand new episode of Paratruth Radio. My name is Eric. And I am Justin. And it is good to be back this week. We have a very interesting show for you today. Last week we had mentioned that we were going to be talking about spiritual werewolves. And of course, that is exactly what we're going to be doing today. Uh, Very interesting topic. And uh, we're going to be getting into some real uh, spiritualism, some shamanism, uh, things like that, uh, that kind of correlate to this whole idea of the spiritual werewolf or the spiritual wolf but before we get into that we do have some house cleaning to do we got some stuff to talk about the very first one that i want to mention first and foremost is we're making a small change to paratruth uh and in particular this is two past episodes um we are opening up what is called the paratruth plus club now what this means is that you, you we're, we're going to open the uh, the chance for anyone who'd like to, to donate $5. That $5 is going to give you full access to all of our past episodes dating back to the very first one in June of 2014. Now, this is a really big deal because we have tons, and I mean <laughs> tons of episodes with amazing guests. Um, some of our, some guests which have even unfortunately have passed away relatively recently. So they're very going to become very rare episodes. Uh, these are things you're definitely going to want to check out if you're interested in ghosts, if you're interested in um, cryptozoology, if you're interested in aliens and just the whole shebang conspiracy theories. We've got it all dating back to 2000, 2014 and just $5 a month will give you access to all of those. But you're also going to get more on top of that. Including those episodes, you're also going to gain access to our Patreon-exclusive Discord server, which means you're going to have full access to Justin and I 24-7. Yes, that means you can technically reach out to us at 3 in the morning and we will have to respond. So, there's that. You'll also receive a thank you video from us personally, access to our monthly true crime show called Crime Crack. If you haven't checked those out or haven't had the opportunity to because it was a Patreon thing, you should definitely check those out. Uh, We have a lot of people who are really interested in crime shows, and those are always really very interesting. So you'll get access to that. Uh, You'll also be able to submit questions for upcoming guests 
or even for Justin and myself uh, as we do specific topics or genres uh, alone as we've been doing such as this episode. Um, so definitely feel free to you'll be able to do that. And of course, finally, you'll also receive chances at exclusive Paratruth swag giveaways. Now, this is something that we haven't done in a while, mainly because it does cost money. But the good thing about the Plus Club is because uh, we'll be receiving donations, we'll be able to place some of those donations toward these special giveaways for people. And man, let me tell you guys, we have given away some pretty cool stuff in the past. Yeah. Uh, it, I mean, one thing that we that we gave away, which was really cool, was the decorative Bigfoot plate uh, <laughs> that, sh- that Justin's wife had made for us. And it was phenomenal. Uh, so we had that. We had T-shirt giveaways. Uh, we'll have mug giveaways, uh, all kinds of different things. And, of course, that will be coming up for everyone who is a Paratruth Plus Club member. You'll be receiving uh, that information in emails or on our show. We'll probably mention it and say, hey, Paratruth Club members, this is the giveaway. And uh, we'll be we'll just do it that way. Uh, so, yeah, the Paratruth Plus Club. Think about it. I really hope you guys will go ahead and do that. $5 a month. It'll help us out tremendously with our show, uh, bringing you guys constantly new content. Uh because it does cost money to keep a show running. Right. And we're dwindling. So, well, I think the biggest, I mean, the important thing to mention about this is all the money that we're receiving is just going back into the show. It's, it is. It's to pay for our different fees and everything to keep the show running, uh, possibly get some equipment upgrades and that sort of thing. So, it, it's going in to benefit the sound quality as well as the. Uh, many different things are trying to do for you, our listeners. Absolutely. Um, so another thing I do want to mention, if you're watching on YouTube right now, make sure that you click that subscribe button at the bottom of the video that allow you to constantly get the updates that there's a new episode every week. So definitely do that. Also, if you do have any questions, comments, concerns, uh, or if you just want to reach out because you have an idea for something, feel free to email us uh, at paratruthradio at gmail.com. Or of course, check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Like us, follow us, and you can talk to us that way as well. Um, but I will tell you, you it, it's hard for us to sometimes respond to people on those <laughs> on those handles, which is why the Paratruth Plus Club membership is a really right. good thing because we'll reach out. You're guaranteed to get back to it or us to get back to you that way. Um, but that doesn't mean we don't read everything. So feel free to send us stuff. Um, other than that, I think uh, it's time for the show. I think you are absolutely right. So, you know, something that uh, we had actually talked about last week, we wanted to just kind of briefly touch base on it because it's something that you had thought about for a while. And we've talked about it about other cryptids like the Bigfoot, like you said last week, about it being a spiritual creature. Now, in your mind, when you were thinking about spiritual werewolf, like, what were you thinking? Like, uh, just spiritual creature and the fact that, or call it interdimensional, whatever you want to call it, that these creatures, kind of like even the dogmen, are more like an interdimensional interdimensional spiritual creature or are you thinking more along the lines of um like spirit transformation shape shifting which is kind of what we came across just googling spiritual werewolf 
No. Um, so, so we're thinking a spiritual, I'm thinking interdimensional type of thing, something that isn't necessarily a physical form, uh, but yet is still, you know, visible or at least to some extent visible, something that can appear and disappear real quick. Uh, so at, by that, I'm not thinking actually somebody shape shifting or something like that. Uh, this is more so a ghost in a way. Okay. So, from what I came across, and you can correct me on anything that I, I may mess up on, um, but spiritual shape-shifting um, is something that I actually came across trying to look up spiritual werewolves. And, you know, it, it talks about, it, it's basically um, talking about shamanism and, you know, your spirit animal, that sort of thing. Um one thing that actually fascinated me about this was uh, I'm reading an article, or I was reading an article from werewolves.com slash spiritual shapeshifting. And at the end it says, for as for actually doing the spiritual wolf transformation yourself, you will need guides. You can't sit in your room, close your eyes real tight, and wish over and over to be a wolf. It's more work than that. Uh, there are entire books on top on the topic, but the one I would recommend is the Werewolf book by Brad Steger. Now this may be an encyclopedia on overall werewolf information, but there is a long section about spiritual shifting in it. So there have been people that have actually wrote about this a little bit. It's right. been a really long time since I've read the Werewolf book, so quite honestly, I don't remember that being in there, but... Um, and actually, Brad Steger is one that we wanted to get on for a long time, and we actually had lost within the past year or two, I believe. I can't remember when he actually passed away. But um, it, it's actually kind of interesting. It, um, this is kind of saying more along the lines of you, you can shape your, your spirit, if you will, into <clears throat> spiritual form into, into a wolf. And it kind of makes you a werewolf in the sense that you've you've changed your your spirit form and that's i mean even though we're talking more along the lines of interdimensional creature th- this actually is really interesting to me and it can in a sense switch to interdimensional being if you're if you're seeing an a a werewolf outside your house which eric um i'll, I'll have you retell that story about the guy who saw the werewolf outside his house um, but you know, if you have a, a spiritual creature who's appearing as a werewolf, uh, having some type of influence over you, maybe in a sense you would think it bit you and you're, you're turning into a werewolf because it bit you. So I think it's actually fascinating just to think, to think about that aspect of it as well. Um, as far as what I'm talking about, what's some of the stuff that you came across as far as spiritual transformation to a wolf? Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, it, it, it's, it, it's pretty straightforward as you had said, uh, and it does go into, you know, this whole idea of shamanism, uh, or the likes, you know, a way of cleansing the mind. You have to become super relaxed, uh, and you have to, according to many articles, research, do a lot of research on the wolf, understand the wolf, in a sense, become one with the wolf with your mind first before you can uh, spiritually transform into that wolf. So this isn't one of those things where you just, you know, wish upon a star and boom, you're a werewolf. This is like fully understanding what a wolf is, 
how they live, how they act, how they eat, how they survive, uh, things like that. Uh, and memorizing it fully so that when you do become this wolf, you'll be able to live like a wolf. Uh, now, one of the things that's important to note, though, is spiritual wolf transformations aren't the same as your you know, myth and legend werewolf. They're, they're not, this it's not the same thing. Uh, spiritual wolf, wolf transformation in this case is something at like a werewolf, which happens, um, for a brief moment of time. It's not like a continuous thing. Uh, but it's, it's kind of taking on a mindset of the wolf. Uh, it's, it's being instinctive about your relationships, about your surroundings. It's learning to survive without like necessarily doing what humans do, going to work every day and doing that kind of thing. It's, it's much more internal. Um, and the thing about this is there, there are different views about what spiritual werewolves mean or spiritual wolf transformations mean. It could be a mindset, you know, someone can go about living their lives with the spirit of a wolf. They're, they're loyal. They're, they're strong, they're powerful, they're, you know, relationships are strong, they're friendly. Uh, these are things to build packs and stuff like that, you know, family, friends. Then you have the idea that it's an out-of-body experience. You, maybe not your, your, your spirit itself transforms, but maybe your mind goes into the wolf or a wolf, and you're able to see through the eyes of those wolves. Um and then you have the actual transformation. But again, it's not your body transform- transforming. It's still out of body experience. Uh, this is a sense that you just become a wolf and wander around doing whatever a wolf does. But it's not a physical form. It's all in the mind. It, this is transcending in a way. Um, so those are some things that, that to keep in mind. There are no... There's really no evidence that suggests the truth behind actual werewolf transformations. Like a human body can't just turn into a werewolf, you know, like right. you would see in the movies. It's, it's, it's impossible scientifically and otherwise. But, you know, there's people out there who disagree. And I know you and I have had people uh, in the past back on Night Stalkers who reached out to us who claimed that they were a werewolf couple who wanted to come on our show and talk to us. And it just didn't work out. But, um, you know, there are people out there who truly do believe they're werewolves and they will eat raw meat and they will, you know, they'll howl at the moon or do whatever it is that werewolves do. Um, but I think for the most part, this wolf transformation is a mental thing as opposed to an actual physical or even spiritual thing. Right. Well, I mean, let's be honest. You go out and howl at the full moon. When hey, hey, hey. <laughs> Some secrets are left to be secrets. You've said it on Paratruth It's true. <laughs> I love it. I love whenever there's a full moon, I do howl at it. Okay. Well, and, you know, something you mentioned last week is we've kind of joked about every test you take on, on Facebook or whatever, that it comes up that you're a wolf and mm-hmm. that somehow your, your spiritual animal is a wolf. And, you know, when we had talked about it, and I think about it, it kind of makes sense actually for both of us because we're very loner like, you know, if we have a pack, it's very close knit, you know, our family's close knit. Anybody that I consider close to me is a very close knit group of people. And I, I think that you and I look at outsiders the very same way. We're like, no, 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 no. 
you don't get to be a part of this until you earn your keep sort of a thing. So um, it's actually something that I was thinking about all week. I'm like, gosh, actually, we are kind of that way <laughs> as a wolf. <laughs> yeah, it's it's weird. And, and the funny thing is because I'm, I'm always sending those of you who don't know, which is probably all of you, but like at least once a week for a while there, I was sending Justin just like little pictures like, look, I'm a wolf. Look, my spiritual animal is a wolf. And it's always new pictures and new tests that I'm taking left and right, always sending him stuff. And the funny thing is like most of these tests, there's really no way to determine prior what you can, you know, what, like what is a wolf? Cause each test right. is different. Like what, what would your answer, how can your answer lead you to becoming a wolf uh, for your spirit animal? And you don't know that there's, you never know. Um, and there's things that questions I, always different on, on there, those tests? The, yeah, they're always, I mean, from what I've noticed, they're always different tests. They're always done by some other company. And these are things I just find on Facebook. I'm like, ah, sure. Why not? You know, I'll click it because other people have done it like friends and stuff. I'm like, yeah, I'll try it. Um, and I'll put things where I think to myself like this, this answer that I'm putting right now is definitely not a wolf. That's not what a wolf does. It's as far as I understand, that's not a wolf. And then at the end of the test, my spirit animal is always still a wolf every time. So I don't know, but I'm happy. I love wolves. My number one favorite animal. So you'll have to start sending them my way. See if I get the same thing, because if that's the case, then everybody's a wolf and that, that that's just not even. <laughs> well, and well, that's the thing. Like every time I see them, no one from, from at least from the ones that I've taken, no one's ever been a wolf. They're always like a bear or a lion or a, like a cat, you know, some sort, something like that. So I assume <laughs> that people are getting other animals based on that because they're sharing it. Like, this is my animal. Okay. <laughs> so it's not always wolf. It's always something else. Yeah. <laughs> well, I thought I would touch base on this a little bit uh, since we're mentioning it, spirit animal. Uh, the wolf offers some of the most striking animal meanings in the realm of spirit animals. The power of the wolf brings forth instinct, intelligence, appetite for freedom, and awareness of the importance of social connections. This animal can also symbolize fear of being threatened and lack of trust. When the wolf shows up in your life, pay attention to what your intuition is telling you. Uh, In the spirit animal kingdom, the wolf symbolizes sharp intelligence, deep connection with instincts, appetite for freedom. Like, it's just... The article I'm reading here is just kind of reiterating all that uh, feeling threatened and lack of trust in someone or in yourself. And that's kind of what I was saying. When we meet somebody new, we're, we're kind of standoffish. Positive symbolism of the wolf spirit animal is deep connection with your intuition and instincts on the negative side of the wolf could represent a perceived threat or lack of trust in someone or your own feelings or actions. The spirit animal also reflects sharp intelligence in dealing with important matters. And lastly here, uh, it goes into each one of these different things. Wolf spirit and connection with instincts, wolf spirit, a power animal symbolic of freedom. Um, it, It just goes deep into it, but when you think when when I always think of spirit animal, my my first instinct is to think of Native American culture and Native American lore, and you know that 
is something that kind of coincides with the Wendigo. Uh, we've talked about the Lost Colony of Roanoke, where we you had come across an article about a werewolf possibly being the culprit. And we had talked about maybe it not necessarily being a werewolf, but somebody who believed that they were a werewolf or had a, a werewolf spirit guide or wolf spirit guide sort of, um, and that sort of a thing. So it's interesting to see kind of the breakdown of that type of uh, lore, if you will. Um, right. Now, when we say shamanism, we obviously are thinking Native American, but I, I believe shamanism goes back to other cultures too, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, we've kind of talked a little bit about this, the the aspect of like spiritual uh, animal transformation for for your spirit. So, let's go into what you were talking about more of a interdimensional creature, because I mean, in my opinion, werewolf means man to wolf. But if I'm thinking interdimensional creature, I I think more along the lines of dog man, what we know today as dog man um, and how that could maybe be an interdimensional creature. And maybe that's where a lot of the werewolf lore comes from because they would see somebody go into the woods and then, a few mom- few minutes later, this wolf, human-like looking creature comes out. Mm-hmm. So, I wanted you to tell us that if you can remember, uh, per se, the story about the guy who saw the werewolf outside of his house and how it, it kind of was more of a spiritual attack type of thing. Yeah, so uh, this was uh, a small family that just moved into a cabin uh, in the woods uh, up in the... Uh, the Midwest area over uh, not Ohio, but like closer towards you guys, <laughs> I believe, you know? Um, so anyway, they were in this cabin in the Midwest in the woods. Uh, it was near a river, I believe. Uh, and when they had gotten there, everything seemed kind of fine and normal as a normal cabin, uh, when they moved in. But after a couple of weeks, things started happening. They started getting little knocks on the doors and the windows, you know, in the walls, uh, kind of the things you would, you would just, uh, suspect would happen, with the beginning of a haunting. Okay. Uh, there's just little things being misplaced and moved, um, a shadow person here and there, nothing crazy, but just something that you're like, well, that was weird. Uh, well, as this continued and as time had gone on, it started getting worse and it started getting, uh, uh, more dangerous. People, the family started having nightmares and started having night terrors. They started seeing things they started getting choked. They were being held down in their bed, uh, things like that. And, one night, not long after, uh, the, the man was, or one of the men were, were, uh, at his window, at his living room window, and he was looking out at night, and he saw a shadow within the trees, and the shadow looked a lot like a werewolf. And he couldn't believe his eyes, because that's exactly what he saw was a werewolf, except that it didn't have too many features. It was mostly just a black mass. Um, and it was there one moment, moved through the trees, and then vanished. It just disappeared. Like, it didn't run back into the woods. It just moved left to right and then poof, was gone. Uh, and he was intrigued by that and, of course, absolutely frightened. And so they did some research on the house, had some people come out to uh, investigate, then had some others come out to do a, uh, oh, what's it called? Like, 
like historic historians who would who know the area know all that uh they came out and ended up telling them that there was a family not prior to them but several priors uh that were into satanism and the occult and they would do satanic rituals on the front porch there was apparently a pentagram that's painted on the front porch at one point uh where they would do some of their rituals and it turns out that the families that lived there previous to them and after those, those occultists, uh, they too experienced things. Not quite the same, but they still experienced them. And so it started making sense to them that whatever he saw in the woods, in this case a werewolf, could have been more of a demonic entity, according to the investigators, as opposed to an actual physical being. Because again, it was there one moment and gone the next. And usually even at night when you look out into the woods and you see an animal, you can see some type of details, eyes glowing, something like that. Mm-hmm. This one was more or less a black mass, uh, which is often the case when it comes to negative entities. Mm-hmm. So that's the story. So they were they were definitely linking this to some type of evil demonic type uh, manifestation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So looking back at all the research we've done over the the past, well, let's just say the the past five years with Paratruth Radio, because I don't think we really looked into Dogma and Munch when we were doing uh, Night Stalkers, because I don't think. Dogmen were really a huge topic back then. Not when we were doing Night Stalkers, no. No. So looking back through the past five years doing the research, uh, dogmen, werewolves, that sort of a thing, I, I honestly look at all of it and I see people talking about, for example, the, the dogmen, being a physical creature, uh, kind of like the Bigfoot, where it's kind kind of aggressive if you're getting in its territory. Uh, you know, they're they're howling, they're they're growling, and some people have claimed to be attacked by them. You know, we've talked about the Bray Road Beast, which is was still one of the most popular episodes we did, which you can actually find on the Plus Club now. Uh, or you will as soon as I'm able to get it uploaded for you guys. Um, I I'm no closer to making a determination on my end. What I'm thinking is a hundred percent true, or, or maybe there's a multiple facet to this. What What do you think as far as do you think that this is more of a, a spiritual attack thing? Do you think that there's I mean, we've talked about how, in our minds, there's no physical way a human can turn into a, a werewolf right. or a wolf form. Right. No, I mean, physically, no. Mentally, yes. I mean, that's what lycanthropy is. It's a, you know, a mental disorder that makes you believe that you're a wolf. Uh, basically, that's in a nutshell. Um but when you look into the dark arts and you look into black magic, things like that, there are significant indications that there are spirit wolves or spirit werewolves. These are spiritual beasts that are werewolves. They're everything you would consider to be a werewolf. Um, only they're not necessarily as evil as one would think. Um, in fact, there, there's this one thing that I found in regards to the dark arts and 
it's just a small little description of what a werewolf could be uh, within the black arts as a spiritual entity. I'm going to read that real quick. Uh, werewolves are basically supernatural beings. We all know this who have super strength or superpowers and a connection to the powerful energies of the, of the moon. Now they are intensely loyal to their keeper. Keeper is a very important term there. I'll come back to that. Uh, and can also be very magnetic and electric energies that can render shocks, headaches, visions, and physical joint pain on occasion when highly active. They are guardians and protectors of the keeper, their home, and all spirits considered part of the family. They can be moody, and the clicking sound of their claws can be heard on hard floors. Now, what's really in- interesting about that little description is the word keeper. And that's because the word keeper indicates the idea that it's being summoned by somebody. Some can even consider this a familiar of some sort. Mm-hmm. Uh, the keeper is someone who owns the werewolf, who has some type of power over the werewolf. Uh, and in this case, summon the werewolf and the werewolf will come in and be protective of the guardians, you know, of the, of the keeper of all the spirits in their home of the family, uh, things like that. Um, and the fact that it's a protector of spirits, by the way, is also an indication that it in and of itself is a spirit, according to some of the dark arts. Not all dark arts, but in this case, uh, some dark arts would consider it a spiritual creature. Now, it does, of course, uh, like many spiritual things, uh, it has certain associations. And these associations are kind of similar to what you would see in the Lesser Key of Solomon, Um by Alistair Crowley. Mm. These are things that are basically links demons to the earth in some sense. Uh, now I'm not saying that the werewolf here is a, is a demon, but nonetheless it has these certain elements or associations. So one in particular is the weekday. It, the werewolf's weekday is Thursday. Its planet is Uranus. Uh, its month is November. Its gemstone is red Jasper. Its color is gray Foliage is sunflower. The animal, of course, is a wolf. Makes sense. Uh, The scent is musk, and its association with herb is uh, mataki. Now, what's really interesting about all these, and I'm not saying that these are necessarily the truth. There are always various opinions as to what is associated to spiritual entities. Uh, But in this particular instance of this particular page that I'm reading, these are the associations where with the werewolf. Um, now, all these things, Thursday, Uranus, November, Red Jasper, Gray, Sunflower, Wolf, Musk, and Mataki are all things that you would use to try to summon or create some type of connection with the spirit wolf or the werewolf, uh, the were a way to summon it in some sense. Mm. Um, and, you know, it's really interesting because there's all types of different methods of connecting to the werewolf, according to some of the dark magic lore. Uh, one in particular is I thought was interesting because one way of connecting with a werewolf is to leave wool out in moonlight. Sheep wool. Leave sheep's wool out in moonlight. Why? Because wolves eat sheep. That was one of their main courses, you know, <laughs> during, during their early years. Um but then also have certain characteristics and manifestations, which also I find very interesting. Uh, a characteristic is that it's watchful, it's friendly, it's highly energetic, it's powerful, and it's protective. Now, some of its manifestations, which again link it to spiritual a spiritual entity, and I think you, you'll hear why, Justin. Uh, it can manifest itself as orbs, 
light streaks, shades, dreams, day and or night visions. So again, like the whole dream thing goes along with the whole spirit guide idea because some believe that as a spirit guide or an animal, uh, spirit animal, it can come to you in your sleep. It can come to you in dreams and in visions uh, to help guide you. And so in this case, it's doing the same thing, but it's also manifesting physically as orb or light streak or some type of shades. Um, so again, this is based on some dark magic lore. Uh, again, not everything here is to take word for word as again, there are numerous different books on dark magic and they all have different representations of what the werewolf is and its associations. But nonetheless, in this case, the werewolf is being seen as a spiritual entity as opposed to a physical form. That's interesting. Really, really interesting. Well, I think this is a good, uh, place to take our break. You've been listening to Paratruth Radio. We will be right back right after this. Hi, this is comedian and writer, and let's be honest, I do a lot of things. This is Dean Archipotis, the host of Whiskey Business, the podcast not so much about whiskey as it is one with whiskey. Yes, we drink and talk about whiskey, but we do so much more with so many interesting people. For example, we talk to comedians like Greg Warren. You know, I don't want to brag, but let's just say I can walk into a Red Lobster and get whatever. You know, I think the pause right there is probably more important than the word. Amazing athletes like boxing champion Buster Douglas. When a fighter's down and he's looking for his mouthpiece instead of trying to get up. That's when I knew it was over. Yeah, yeah, right? And, yes, Bigfoot chasers. Do you believe in Bigfoot? And if so, does he really eat beef jerky? <laughs> the Bigfoot thing is people have seen these, and, and I've seen a lot of compelling evidence about it. It's Whiskey Business with Dino Chapotis. Join us for what we call a good conversation with a good pour. You really can't ask for much more than that, can you, people? Check us out at whiskeybusinesspod.com, a proud member of the Evergreen Podcast Network. There are spirits everywhere, watching, waiting, seeking that opportune time to reveal themselves like no other. They fill our worlds with so much. Seriously? You didn't just do that. You farted on the promo? What's wrong with you? I thought you were professional. Go away. Go. I, I got it. I got it. Hey, everybody. It's Brian Bowden, host of Nobo Boomy, where we explore deep inside the Goblin universe. We have an amazing show that covers the paranormal, conspiracies, music, art, entertainment, trending topics, and so much more. Please join us by subscribing to the show on Podbean at InsideTheGoblinUniverse.Podbean.com, on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, and everywhere you find podcasts. It's an informative, fun, and overall entertaining good time, and uh, we'll keep the gas to ourselves. Why don't you burp next time? Someone give me Brian Anderson. Hey everyone, I'm Kat Ward, host of Paranormal Heart, your monthly paranormal podcast. Join me the last Sunday of every month as I speak to people who share their paranormal experiences. You can follow me on Podbean, YouTube, TuneIn, iTunes, Spotify, and Paranormal Radio. Welcome back to Paratruth Radio. As always, my name is Eric. And I'm Justin. 
And today we are talking about the spiritual werewolf, a.k.a. the spirit wolf, a.k.a. the spirit animal, a.k.a. our spirit guide, a.k.a. AKA. <laughs> That's about it. That's about it. Um, so there's a lot of interesting things that, that we're discussing here tonight regarding the spiritual wolf, because there's a lot of different views about what the werewolf is. Uh, some believe it to be a physical creature. Uh, that's just always a werewolf. It's always half man, half wolf. It never changes uh, to one or the other. There are some who believe that a man can turn to a wolf or a person, excuse me, can turn into a wolf, uh, whether it be the wolves that we have nowadays or an actual half man, half beast like you see on television. You know, it differentiates from source to source. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are people who believe that they can summon the spirit of a wolf. Uh, this goes along with shamanism or especially what we see in um, uh, Native American lore. Uh, this is where you wear like a pelt uh, of wolf fur or you drape wolf skin over your head and body to make yourself take on the energy and strength of the wolf and strike fear into your enemy. Um there's the belief that a wolf or that a werewolf is a demonic entity, some type of creature that just shows up when the night is dark and the devil's running things, you know, type of thing. And of course, there's this whole dark magic aspect of it where the werewolf is actually a familiar and it's summoned by a particular person known as a keeper. Uh, and this wolf then is a protector of that person and their family and the spirits within their homes. Uh, so there are a lot of different various, uh, I guess, beliefs behind what uh, not only what a spiritual werewolf is, but just what a werewolf is, generally speaking. Yeah. Well, um, one thing that I was asked a while back, this is from Cat Ward, our friend Cat Ward. Uh, she had asked if we ever looked into the loop guru. Now, this is actually something I have kind of seen through research, kind of seen through pop culture. Um, the Loop Guru, at, at first, all I thought was supposed to be some type of more spiritual type based werewolf because a lot of the depictions, as well as some of the legends, it's more along the lines of a person turning into an actual wolf compared to this wolf human type creature, bipedal creature we see today. So Loop Crew goes back to French, Canadian, and American folklores, which if you know who the French are, they have connections to all three. Canada, America, and of course France. Now, the Loop Crew translates into Loop, which means wolf, and Garul means a man who can turn into wolf which would be werewolf in English. So the loop guru is most common in uh, greater New Orleans and Acadiana. I I have no idea where that is, but the swamps and forests around there, there's claims of wandering loop guru there. Now, I have heard legends from French Canada but it, for some reason to me, I, I've always seen it more linked to the Cajun people of New Orleans. So the interesting thing about this 
is there's a couple of different uh, ways to get this curse. One belief is that French Catholics suggest that a person will transform into a loop guru, and it's also known as a rue guru, if he breaks the rules of Lent for seven consecutive years. According to another belief, transformation of a human being into a loop guru results from a spell. A person put under the loop guru curse will remain in that form for 101 days, and the curse will be passed on to another human being when the loop guru draws that person's blood. Yet another legend uh, says that only a witch can put a loop guru curse on a person either by becoming a wolf herself or simply cursing people with lycanthropy. Uh, an expert on Cajun folklore, Professor Barry Jean Anslet of the University of Louisiana, wrote in an article that loop gurus were a result of a curse, but sometimes a person voluntarily chose to become one. So a lot of this all stems back to kind of the the werewolf lore that we already know. Mm-hmm. So um, it, it is kind of interesting that there is a little bit of a different spin on it in the sense that I've never heard this for the regular werewolf lore that uh, anybody who practices Lent that, that skips it for seven consecutive years would be a, a loop guru or, or werewolf. I don't know if you've ever heard that before. No, I haven't. Um, there's also some connection to Native American folklore, uh, with loop guru is mostly identified as the Wendigo. Uh, so maybe there's that connection there where the loop guru and Wendigo are actually the same creature. So interesting little physical werewolf lore there. Uh, one question I had for you. Uh, about the spiritual werewolf stuff is in in your mind do you think that a uh, spiritual or demonic attack or even possession could lead to lycanthropy not necessarily somebody turning into a wolf but them thinking that well sure uh, I mean so uh, a demonic attack or demon's main uh Basically, what they, what they do is they try to break down the mind. That's their main thing. They, they try to break down the mind because the weaker you are mentally, the easier it's going to be for them to do whatever it is they want to do, whether it's trying to control a certain situation, whether it's taking possession uh, or otherwise, you know, it's going to work on the mind. And with that said, it can easily, uh, depending on the person, place thoughts into the mind, which can ultimately have that person believe that maybe they can become a werewolf or maybe are a werewolf. I mean, if you're having a dream about werewolves every night, you know, or relatively, you know, uh, normal time period over so many weeks, Mm -hmm. you might start to think like, what is the reason behind this? Is there a reason behind this? And of course, naturally to many people's assumption, Oh, this must mean I am a, you know, wolf. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I think there is that possibility. Obviously, there isn't much to go on with that. We haven't seen anything like that. Uh, there have been people who claim to have been possessed by a devil of sorts, uh, and as such, would often act out like a werewolf. Um, now, whether or not those people are really possessed or it's just a mental thing, who knows? We can't really determine that for sure. Uh, but yeah, I mean, there are certainly uh, various beliefs regarding the demonic attacks and the connection with werewolves. Okay. 
Well, that's the reason I ask is because it's like we've we've talked about it a lot, and I mean, demonic attack could probably lead to pretty much anything we talk about in the paranormal. So, Mm -hmm. so, all right. Well, is there any like any final thoughts or or anything that we haven't covered that you can think of? I don't think so. I mean, I think it's pretty covered. Okay. Well, the I think it's been a pretty interesting conversation. Like when I I think we're like I said before the break, it's kind of hard to come down on what it is. Is it dogmen sightings, and then people just associate, oh, that man turned into a wolf-like creature? Um, it, is it something like that? guy and his family came across where it was a some type of manifestation of some kind um or is it a spiritual transformation of a person or a physical i mean in our minds it's it's not possible but it, you, n- you never know but <laughs> i can't <laughs> so well, I hope you guys have enjoyed the show. Uh, get in contact w- with us. Tell us your thoughts. Uh, do you believe that humans can turn into physical werewolves? Is it more of a spiritual thing? I'd love to hear you guys' thoughts on that. Uh, as Eric said at the very beginning, uh, the the best way to get in contact with us is at paratruthradio at gmail.com. Or if you're at paratruthradio.com, you can just hit the contact tab and put it in there. It comes straight to our email. Uh, the other way to do it is join our new Patreon Plus Club, Paratruth Plus Club, where you will get access to our Discord server. And you will also have access to the topic of the, the following week where you can ask us questions to uh, answer uh, on that episode when we when we air it. So... Um, one thing that I did want to mention, um, on stuff to come up on the plus tub, I do want to get some of the, uh, archived episodes of our sister shows that we tried doing in the past, which was Night Soccer's variety show. And if I can find them, the Night Soccer's S files, something to look forward to through the plus club as well as all the other stuff that I've, I've got listed there for you guys. So check it out. Go to patreon.com forward slash paratruth. That's patreon.com forward slash paratruth. And you will find the Plus Club, all the stuff about us. If you sign up, you'll get access to all of our archives from season one to five, which goes all the way back to 2014. Um, as I mentioned last week about the Plus Club, you know, our friend Kat, has been listening to our show for a long time, but apparently not from the beginning because she didn't even know we did an episode on Friday the 13th, which is our our very first airing episode, which going back to then we were live at that point. (laughs) And some people love the live shows. Some people don't. I I prefer the pre-recorded shows because sound quality is always better. Um, But that's just my opinion. So, 
But uh, yeah, that's all we got for you guys this week. Um, make sure you're checking paratruthradio.com as well as all the social medias to find out what's going on with Paratruth Radio as well and uh, all up- upcoming episodes. So that's all I've got. I'm, is there anything more you wanted to mention? Nope. Okay. So until next week, folks, where you will find us same time, same channel. My name is Justin. And I'm Eric. Peace. I'm Audrey. We are a sister filmmaking duo and co-hosts of Sleepover Cinema, our show where we analyze the films that created the collective unconscious of the girls, gays, and theys of the late 90s and early 2000s. Princess Diaries, The Cheetah Girls, Aquamarine, Cinderella, the one starring Brandy. We haven't stopped thinking about these movies since we first saw them, and we want you to rewatch them and review them with us. Are these movies as bad as critics would have us believe? Do we even care if they are? We are always unpacking that very question on Sleepover Cinema. Check out Sleepover Cinema wherever you get your podcasts or at evergreenpodcasts.com. See you soon.